0: what's going on chuckleheads i am carlo guadagnino this is the dingo talk alumni Torp. my guest this week is dave Wybe, class of 2004 all the way from luxembourg um, uh, what was what was soccer like for you for for that time period you know th- those were the days where winning the pack was a foregone conclusion i think i think we were you know 36 years in a row or so- something crazy like that you know, people had fun, but they took it, you know, really seriously when we were trying to win matches. Why division three? You're, you're clear in your own mind that you're going to college to get a degree and to play sports. You know, if, if you want to have a place where, you know, it's personal, um, you can thrive, you can make real connections, literally with every single person you walk by on the way to class. Um, and, and not only that, but, you know
1: have those friendships for the rest of your life i mean
0: what's going on chuckleheads i am carlo guadalino and this is dingo talk my guest this week is dan dudley class of 2008 from wvu has a bethany connection back in 04 that you'll hear about in this episode and uh just grew up in brook county he's a guy that's been on radio pretty much since he left wvu and before um, but I'm going to let Dan tell his story. So without further ado, this is Daniel Dudley. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week, not an alumni of Bethany College, although he was here for a concert in 2004 to see Lloyd Banks. Daniel Dudley, uh, class of 2008 from WVU, um, radio extraordinaire, as we're going to find out. I mean, he's done, you've done, from the list I have here, you've done multiple things, worked with a lot of, of, of some names for Pittsburgh people that they're going to know, and, and now you're out in L.A., but Daniel, thank you for being on the show.
1: Hey, man, thank you for having me, even though I've, you know, I've been to Bethany a lot, so, yeah. you know, I've listened <laughs> I have been to so many weddings at Bethany, like so many weddings at Bethany growing up. I feel like everyone got married at Bethany back then. And uh, soccer, I played soccer a ton. So it was just, you know, that's where we, I learned how to play soccer. I learned the game, all that, all at Bethany. And our coaches were even, you know, were soccer players at Bethany. So they weren't, you know, sometimes they were parents. Like one time my dad had to step in and be a soccer coach, but then other time, (laughs) but most of the time it was, you know, it was college students, you know, athletes at Bethany.
0: When so you you grew up in Brook in Brook County, you went, lived in Wellsburg. Um, your mom was a teacher at the middle school. Your dad's now the interim mayor and running for mayor. So, what was it like for you growing up in Brook County and in Wellsburg? What was what were the other things that you guys did around around town to keep yourselves? Okay. Occupied.
1: So first we have to talk about this. My dad is running for mayor. He's the interim mayor of, well- of Wellsburg right now, which is hilarious to me. And <laughs> he was out here a couple weeks ago to visit my kids. First time we see him and the first time he's seen him in a year. And, um, and he's just like on the phone, he's on zoom calls. He's doing all this thing. You have to understand how crazy this is for me because my dad is the hardest working guy I know and worked in a mill whole life. Now he's doing Zoom calls, taking all these phone calls. It's like this businessman <laughs> trying to be the mayor of Wellsburg. And it's just the weirdest thing to me. But I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's happy yeah. about it. So, you know, if you are you get a vote in Wellsburg, make sure you go vote for my dad. Um, But anyways, <laughs> I, yeah, I grew up in Brooke County. I grew up going to Dairy Queen. Still there. Still hanging out. Still grew up there going there. And um, yeah, my mom being the teacher, that made things love, a little tough for me. Because, you know, anytime you did something wrong, they could just walk to my mom's office or in elementary school, they would walk me over to the middle school if I was just acting a fool that day. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) there was no room, no room for the, for the misbehaving when you were in
1: school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No room. There was no real, but I was still always doing it. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So I was, yeah, man, I just, you know, feel bad when I think about it now, uh, like, how my mom used to say like someone stopped her at like the christmas party to tell something about i did something i did in class or whatever and i'm like ah oh, now that i'm older i'm like man those stories aren't funny that's annoying yeah. they're not dude. they're not
0: funny anymore they were funny like the <laughs> college you might say yeah i did that but now it's like ah uh, yeah don't say those stories especially not in front of the kids don't tell uh, them
1: those stories dude now that i have yeah now that i have kids and my daughter i feel like is is me and i'm terrified of what parent teacher conferences and things that she's going to be saying to teachers. So I'm, I'm terrified, terrified. <laughs> so you go to WVU in, o, in
0: 04 and you graduate in 08. Yeah. Um, when did you know that broadcast journalism, that's you, that's where I'm going. That's where you're going.
1: Oh man. I knew way early. I was like 10, 11 years old. I was like, this is for me. This is everything that I want to do. I wanted to be in front of the camera. And then I, you know, I wanted to be talking about sports at the time that was definitely all I thought about, but then just like news and just honestly interviewing people, which is like my favorite thing to do now. And which is so funny. Cause all I wanted to talk, talk about sports, talk about it, talk about it. But then it's like, I love talking to people and, and I learned sports. that through sport. And I learned that through sports is like just talking to people and getting to know these guys that like, are you know, basically they're entertaining us. And it's like getting those, you know, peeling back those layers of them. And it's awesome.
0: So you, you started at U92. Yeah. And so what was that experience like? Cause it's at a bigger school. You don't normally get the hands-on right away experience that a smaller school might lend to you. Um, so U92, you're going in there as a sophomore. What was that
1: like? Yeah, man. It's like a hire. It's a hiring process, man. It's funny that my first job interview, I'm pretty sure was U92, like sitting in a room, this big, this big table there, there's people across from me. And I'm just like selling myself as to why i should be able to work at united too yeah <laughs> which is um which is crazy but that's you know one of the things about going to a big school where you do have to compete like it's competitive like it's you know, not everybody's going to get to do every single thing it's mad competitive and even in the television program in the journalism school same thing it's just it, we were you know we were friends and i've got really good friends uh, from the program and stuff but like we were fighting. And yeah. I mean, I'm, our teacher, like my, I, my professor, Professor Dyke, she loved that. Like she loved that every second of it. But it's like, we were competing every single day and then, you know, going out for drinks after, but we were, you know, once yeah, we were in that, that time, it was- building, it was like the broadcast school was, is different, man. Yeah. It was, it, I don't know what they did in the PRs part of it and, you know, the news ed part, but man, the broadcast school, we were, we were competing for that time. We were in that building.
0: So from U92, you moved to WVU News. And was that your in front of the camera experience?
1: Yeah, that's when that was in front of the camera experience. Cause we did stuff in another, um, another class before that. But that's when I got to be, that's when I got to be in the anchor chair. And I was like, oh man, this, this feeling is nice. This is a nice feeling. <laughs> I had to wear a suit. I had to, oh man that was I'll never forget those those days of just feeling like you are it like I was like yes I'm puffing my chest out I'm like yeah I'm wearing a suit you know someone's doing my makeup I mean not that that sounds a little crazy it's like but But hey that sounds a little crazy just because it wasn't as glamorous as that sounds it's like no someone's doing my makeup but it's really just like my friend Jackie who like doesn't want me to look like an idiot
0: So, (laughs) just making sure everything looks good for the so that you look good not so much that
1: yeah exactly she's like i don't want you to look like an idiot like i'll 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 do your makeup for you like okay
0: cool so what were some of the things that you got to cover at your with your time at at, at wvu
1: oh man uh baseball which it's funny wvu baseball is actually like decent now which is weird because there was really nothing to talk about back when I was in school, <laughs> but um, but we covered uh, we covered a lot of baseball, covered a lot of women's basketball, which was awesome too. But the coolest thing I had to cover was rifling, right? No joke. Rifling was like the coolest thing in the world to me because I knew nothing about it. I didn't so know nothing just about that world. Constant and, like,
0: learning thing.
1: Yeah. And when you're working for the radio station, it's like, you got to cover all those things, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, and I'll never forget having to go cover that and being like, oh. I don't want to do that. And then like went and I was like, this is fascinating. Like people devote their life, to, you know, their life to this. It's not like, you know, cause it's not like guns are foreign to me. I'm from West Virginia for God's sakes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I know people go to the range. I know people, you know, we we're off for a week whenever deer hunting season starts. Like I know what it is, but like just knowing that there are also people who are like shooting for this, they they've been shooting for practice they've been shooting to go to the olympics and this is what they've been doing their whole life and being in tournaments and trying to hit targets and stuff and i'm like that's wild to me that this is what you're doing in your backyard (laughs) like i'm hitting the wiffle ball around my whole life and like someone handed you like you know a rifle and was like you said go shoot let's figure this out you know and i know west virginia's had a few olympians so it's like um Really cool. Like a couple of years ago, I know maybe it was 2016 Olympics. I think they had the, the first gold medalist was in rifling and it was a girl from WVU. Wow. I, did not, I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: So, and uh, I'm guessing the rifle program is pretty fairly large than at WVU. It's,
1: yeah. I mean, it's large. I don't know. Cause I don't know how many people are doing that, but like, it's a big deal there. Like it's, it's a, it's a good program. Like I can't, you know, tell it to you like I can the football program or something, but I can tell you that, you know, rifling is a serious business at WVU.
0: Well, so you brought up the football program. What were football games like for what was the atmosphere? What was.
1: Okay, dude. Football games at WVU are, I mean, if there's another atmosphere that's better than WVU football games, cool. But I haven't seen it. Good and luck. I've been to a lot of places. I haven't seen it. Like <laughs> the the way that, and I know they've changed a lot of things now, you know, um, different things. But back when I was there, it was open season. There were, you know, it was, there was a lot of partying in the, you know, we were, and now you can't leave at halftime and come back in before okay. I was there. You could.
0: You just went out to the tailgate, partied at halftime, come back in?
1: Yeah, yeah. like, you started leaving, like, like there would be a couple of minutes left to half. you just see everyone, you'd see in the stadium, people just start, like, leaving. You'd see people just start, like, dipping out, and then, like, everyone's back in the parking lot, and then as soon as it's close to game time again, everyone runs back in.
0: So, basketball, similar similar scene, or is it more more calm for basketball?
1: Well, basketball, okay, I went to WVU for a really, in in a really cool time for basketball because basketball wasn't good at WVU until I got, until I was like there, then I'm there for Pitsnoggle, I'm there for the Elite Eight runs, I'm there for all that, so like that was a super fun time because it was like D-line was there and, you know, Deshaun Butler coming in and stuff like that and Joe Alexander and it was, you know, it was like, oh my god, like WVU's got like real talent like, this is wild, you know, it's like, this is, this is nutty, but, um, but yeah, the basketball games are awesome when WVU good. I'll say that. They're really awesome when they're good.
0: So I get. I mean, this goes without saying, but I'd like to hear it from a, from a WVU born and bred person, the Pitt WVU rivalry. How does, yeah. how do you feel about Pitt? And I think we, we've talked before you and I both know, I share your, your side of the, the Pitt battle. Like, they can stay where they are, but. Listen,
1: <laughs> listen like I have my, all right. So <laughs> my best friend, as the best man at his wedding. He, uh, he loves Pitt to death. And I now, because of knowing him for now 12, 13 years or so, I just feel bad for Pitt even more <laughs> because it's not the WVU is this big program. I'm not pretending the WVU is this program. Like, Alabama or something but like we have really good times we have really we've had really good success you know it's like sometimes we'll, we'll go off a cliff like, win four games but then we'll go to the orange bowl you know Pitt has none of that you know and it's like WVU's basketball program is consistent we've been good but it's like we have the final four to look at and I'm like yeah what's the final four like Pitt was better than WVU basketball for sure no final fours. No final fours. Sweet I feel 16. Bad for them. Sweet 16. See you later. Exactly. I just I just feel bad for them. It's like they have the 13-9 thing to hang over my head, and I even hate those numbers. Anytime I'm watching any game and I see 13-9, if you watch the basketball game, you be 13-9, I start to weep a little bit. because that. So I got to
0: so ask you, were you there for the 13-9? Oh,
1: absolutely. I was not only there, but I got in like the worst uh, fight with my girlfriend at the time, at halftime because I yelled at one of her friends and not her girlfriends. It was a guy. And I thought he was like, I, I didn't know him. So I like said something to him that was not very nice. W was losing at the time. So I'm not very happy. No, And she got mad at me because I said something to this person who was her friend. I didn't know the guy. And so not only did WV blow that game, but like <laughs> my girlfriend yeah. didn't talk to me for like two days after that.
0: <laughs> so. so that. That puts you in school with, with another guy that is in, in the same profession as you, Pat McAfee, any, any crossovers there?
1: No cross. Well, I mean, you know, when you see people, no crossovers with Pat McAfee crossovers with Pat White. Yes. Okay. I actually uh, would go to the bars and my friend would just, and I'd have my head down and my friend would be like, yo, Pat White's here go to the way. And I had my head down. and We'd like cut the line at every bar. Cause they would, I would just say I was Pat White. <laughs> And so, and just to let you know, the level of like just drunkenness on high street at night, people would be like slapping me five and telling me good game and stuff. (laughs) And like,
0: (laughs) you weren't saying I'm not Pat White.
1: I was, oh, trust me. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) We would be at parties and stuff. And like a girl would say, it's like, oh my God, you look like Pat White. And I'm like, it's me. I'm him. Like, (laughs) like,
0: (laughs) so you were the Pat White. The party side of Pat White that he didn't even know he had.
1: Thousand percent. That the one one thousand percent. I was it was it was just funny. I mean, hey man, there's listen, I went to WVU. there's not that many black people there. And like, I'm tall and skinny. <laughs> like <laughs> Pat White was tall and skinny. Like, don't ask me to do a foot race outside. Like, I don't know. But it was those were those are some of my favorite memories, is just like cutting lines, my friends just saying I was Pat White. Hilarious
0: stuff. <laughs> Which hey, not many people can even tell a story of being able to say they were somebody, let alone be able to go. Yeah, I, I, I scored like four touchdowns earlier. Just, so you know. I, mean, I just just in case you weren't watching.
1: The bad part is, is like it would be Pat White would score four touchdowns at Louisville or something, and then like there's no possible way he could be back in Morgantown. But I somehow he was at Pulse that night. So he
0: like, was he was everywhere and nowhere. That was what it was. <laughs> um well so this is a good spot we're gonna take a pause i'm going to send it to one of my sponsors KJ Karen Dunn for maple shades outdoors if you haven't yet get onto uh, instagram follow them at maple underscore shade dot outdoors or you can go on YouTube after you watch this video hit like and subscribe and then pop over to his YouTube page it's maple shade outdoors uh, but he does everything outdoors life uh fishing ga- hunting um, setting your tree stands the whole nine so check him out but We'll be right back. This is Daniel Dudley, class of 2008 for WVU, 2004 Lloyd Banks concert here in Bethany. I am Carlo Guadino. this is Dingo Talk, and we'll be right back. What's going on everybody? This is Kieran Dunn, founder of Maple Shade Outdoors. If you're currently watching Dingo Talk with my man Carlo. If you're anything like me and you're really enjoying this content, you should like and subscribe his page. While you're on YouTube, You should probably just head over and like and subscribe maple shade outdoors check out our page enjoy some videos some outdoor content you might as well hop on instagram facebook follow us maple shade outdoors now that's enough about me i'm trying to get back and watch the rest of dingo talk so i'll talk to y'all later what's going on chuckleheads i am carlo guadagnino this is dingo talk my guest is dan dudley Class of 2008 from WVU, and if you missed the fir- first part, he, is, he has his affiliation to Bethany College. Lloyd Banks was here in 2004, and my man was not missing that show. So, and he's also, anybody that sees him now, this is not Pat White. This is Daniel Dudley. Um, so 2008 comes around, and graduation comes. When did you start applying and looking for that next step? It was Obviously, before you walked. Across the stage.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, because by that point I had been, yeah, I, I interned for Radio Disney and ESPN radio in Pittsburgh. I'd done that where I did internships for News Nine and WTRF as well. Um, but I, you know, I just went on and was like working part-time for ESPN radio right after graduation. So um, so it's not like it was a job job, but it was able to, but it let me have a job and then it led me to be able to send out tape. So Mm -hmm. to anyone listening who is younger and even you, sir, um, you had to send physically send tape to people, physically send tape to people. I went to the post office so much physically sending stuff out to news stations, like (laughs) absolutely ridiculous to think about right now when all I do now is like self tape things and on my phone and it's out in like 15 minutes. And I, like, I used to have to literally put my tapes, I remember buying a bunch of tapes for <laughs> a ridiculous amount of money now. And I really want to, like, sue some people because I for want my money back tape for all the VHS tapes. Yeah, VHS. VHS. Yeah, because I remember it was like some places would say if they wanted DVDs. Not every place wanted DVDs. Okay. Which is just... 2008 it's not that long ago no I sound old I guess what I'm saying it's not that long ago (laughs) but yeah like that's what I was doing after graduation um and nothing really hit for me in that way but I was working at two radio stations and things started to work for me um in different ways there like working for Radio Disney that all of a sudden I'm working I'm going on air And then I was doing some reporting for ESPN radio and that was cool. Also doing the promotion stuff and engineering on the side, learning the the ins and outs producing um, and stuff like that stuff. I never knew I wanted to do. Like I always wanted to be, like I said, I wanted to be in front of the camera, all that. And I'm learning everything behind it. And then when ESPN radio shut down, the the people I knew at ESPN radio that I worked really close with are the ones who started Trib Live Radio. And then I get hired there as an on-air talent did some promotions did some stuff there and like that's when things started to like work for me so
0: so let's let's go back to uh we'll go to espn radio because <laughs> there's a guy i was i was very i was a young pup listening to a guy every day on the uh the drive home i believe he had a younger jim colony as his yeah counter uh mark madden so what was working with mark like
1: uh, awesome. Like legit awesome. Just being able to watch someone just do that in and like every day, still doing it. Yeah. Like still doing it on social media too. Like it's just (laughs) watching somebody do that and just keep like to do sports radio every day is tough. And I learned that myself. It is hard and I am not built for that grind because it's a grind it really is like doing that every single day especially in the summer you're just making up topics because hey listen love the pirates but they haven't given us that much joy like
0: (laughs) we had we had three years of we thought and then we're back
1: and then they were back so it's like those summers were just long but watching somebody just be that you know and it's funny to say like mark madden professional you know, because you just think of him because a lot so many people think of him in the way of his like personality and stuff, but I mean, a dude was there every day, man. and he that was, was on, he's always day, been honest. Know. he yeah.
0: doesn't he yeah. doesn't if he doesn't like the way like people want to go after him for sometimes he sugarcoats things for the penguins. But if you listen to him, he never sugarcoats anything. He Nothing. will flat out call everybody out. and the problem is is the Steeler fans don't like that somebody's talking badly about the Steelers and i don't know why the pirates fans hate madden cuz madden's been saying the same thing that we've all been saying literally for 20 i'm 29 29 years so um, you were part of a promotion i've yeah. i have a t-shirt back home oh, yeah uh, and it was a, i'm an mfer yeah madden follower this is calm down everybody how did that all, did, was that your idea? Was that, were you a part of that? Was, I,
1: the, we were handed those shirts on the first day of my internship and told to wear them. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and we were handing those out, you know, and it was, it was just a really funny promo. That was the thing. It was like, you're an MF or you're a Madden follower and people loved it. And I'm telling you, man, packing, we would be in bars completely packed just to watch this dude talk for four hours people coming in and out knowing they were coming to places to see Mark Madden. And it was just, it was an inspiring thing seeing him just be able to just to work like that too, where you've got people coming up to him. There were a couple of times where people would actually come up to him very like aggressive. Most people would just be like, Oh man, I don't agree with you, but like, you're awesome. Whatever. You know, like most people, but some people like I remember a couple of times there were, you know, my boss at the time, Greg had to step in between and Greg, not a big guy, not a big guy.
0: And Madden, um, big guy, but different type of big. He's yeah, just,
1: a, yeah. he's big. Yeah, a big guy, but he wasn't going to fight somebody. No. Because like, he's the story if somebody fights, but, but yeah, people would approach him and it would be something. Uh, But, but it was awesome. I mean, working with him was just super cool. I learned so much just about being prepared. You know, if you're going to have one of these opinions that not everybody's going to like, you better be ready for it. Like, and You better be ready, ready to defend it to defend it. You better have all, you better have eight different points to do it. You can't just say it and have one point. You better be able to, you know, say it so many different ways and figure that out. But yeah, I, I learned a ton from him, you know, I and love, that was a lot I, I of your behind the, when I did,
0: that was a lot of your engineering and your production where you're learning that to work to the point where you were pretty much producing the show. Oh yeah. Almost in the sense of the guys on the fan. Now that they have their producers and they brought, but that was a different time. You didn't really bring the producer into the conversation at that point. Right. That wasn't. Well, you
1: did, but those were people who were like getting paid to do that. Okay. So like for me, it was more like, you know, I'm, I'm gathering stats up. I am. you know helping out the producer of the producer because like Ken Laird was that guy okay for a while. And then you know, Ken had his shows and stuff like that. And Ken's in Boston. And I Ken's my guy. I wouldn't be doing anything without Ken <laughs> telling people that I'm I'm good at something. So <laughs> uh I, I owe like my whole career to to Ken Laird for whatever reason, liking me and being like, Oh yeah, I like Daniel, he's great. He's good, um, yeah. but yeah, so it was you know, it was a lot of but I but used all the hands-on experience I learned there where is just incredible and all the people like guy you know just working with you know Stan and Guy and um and just seeing them work every day and then also like Mike Logan working with him and I worked with him at the trip too and seeing just how athletes think and actually Mm -hmm. getting to talk to athletes when you're not when there's no when there's no microphone on no it's just a conversation yeah and really learning that like (laughs) how much athletes know more than like anybody who just talks about sports it's like if they've, because the one thing it should all—I feel like it should be like all professional athletes. If it weren't for the fact that they're not like they—they they are not trained to talk this way. That, but that's the reason why the ones who work like a like a Tony Romo or you know some other guys like that's why it's like all right yeah we want them to have like their own show and we're gonna pay them billions of dollars because they're so okay. good at it because they they're just better. Like <laughs> it's like they what can, can you they do
0: <laughs> they yeah.
1: they played the better. top
0: level of their of their sport that yeah. I would hope they would know a little, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy that the amount of knowledge that they can, that they can produce.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's insane. The stuff that you would, the stuff that they see that you just don't even consider. <laughs> it's wild.
0: So right around the time ESPN radio closes down, you, you, you mentioned it earlier that the, the trip total media started to come around but was there ever a thought of going to the fan or was the fan still a little ways out before
1: uh... it was, I mean, there was a thought of going there, but they were like kind of all staffed up and they weren't looking for, you know, weren't looking for me. And, but the trip was, and okay. I, cause I knew people over there. I mean, a lot of those things, and this is a lesson for anybody listening, like knowing people is important, you know? and knowing people is important making those connections with people that even if you don't even like them that much like because they're because the people who kind of stuck their neck out for me and were saying good things about me like i like i I, they didn't have to do that you know but like i was just a good dude and if you're i swear half the battle is just being a good dude like be a good dude be a good you know like be a good person and like you and i'm telling you you'll be surprised the things that that kind of happened. And that's why I like the Trib. And I loved, uh, I loved every second of working there. I just always think about if just what we were going through with expanding, it was just like, people are like, oh, it's an app on your phone. Huh, I don't want to deal with that. And I'm telling friends and family members are telling me this. And then you just go like, oh my God, like you, you cut to like 2015 or something and podcasts have blown up. Everything is blunt. And you're just like, oh man like he was you, there yeah, but, but we're doing this 2010 2011 12 13 and like people were still like people were going on and we had a great audience but it was just like just not resonating but it felt like a like, year after that it was like boom yeah it's like everyone uh, every person had a smartphone and you're like your parents had smartphones everyone had them and they're like all doing this and it's like dang it but <laughs> just being able to work in that environment was so awesome
0: and then so from the trip where where was the next move
1: uh from the trip it was I, I, I got hired for I got hired at Radio Disney outside of like I think it was maybe it was a year before the trip shut down so like I was still working there everything was cool and then um but I always wanted to I always wanted to live in Los Angeles I always wanted to live somewhere else really mm-hmm. it's I just you know I, I grew up 45 minutes from Pittsburgh like I said Wellsburg and like I, I always just wanted to live somewhere else and just to see how it would be. And I had other friends who were doing that. And I was like, I want to like live somewhere else. I want to see what it's like. And um, so I just was kind of you know, putting things out there and trying to figure it out. And there was a job at Radio Disney. And there was a thought of them starting this whole like sports and music thing. And that's like my wheelhouse. Like I'm a MTV rock and jock kid. So like just putting sports and music together is like everything for me. And then, you know, I pitched that to them and came out here and did it. And, you know, and we're doing, we were doing lots of great things. And ESPN uh, had our podcast. We had a podcast on ESPN, Radio Disney Sports. We were working with ESPN on a lot of things. Like we shot a pilot for Radio Disney Sports. It was awesome and um, didn't go anywhere, but it was cool to have that experience. And yeah, yeah, it was just, you know, that's happened with the trip. Sure. I know I gave you a long answer for that, but (laughs) that's what happened after that.
0: So, um, moving out to LA, how did, how did that affect you with majority of your family being back this way? Was there, I mean, obviously that's what you wanted to do, but was there ever that, man, I could just pack up and, and head back and I could go to Pittsburgh or anything like that. <laughs> or once you got out there, was it like, no, this is where I belong. This is where I'm going to be.
1: Okay. There are, there's two things to that. So when I was leaving, Pittsburgh, when I was literally like flying, I was like, all right, this was a bad decision. This was, stupid. <laughs> I want to go back. I want to back home. Like, you go a one way ticket. Like, what if you, what do you buy a one way ticket to go someplace? Like, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I remember being in my layover in Chicago, like, did I make, is this smart? I'm terrified, you know? And, but then once I was out here and my friend Megan took me to this place that was like right on the beach, and I was like, oh my God, I'm, this is, I'm where I belong. And then the work stuff. And it's like, I don't know how I'm going to stay here forever, but I'm going to stay. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to make this work. We're going to, we're going to make this whole thing. We're gonna make this thing work.
0: So now you're, you have, you've, if I'm right, you have three things kind of going on all at once right now, four things, I think. So I have two facts with Turner broadcasting and speck vodka. Yeah. You have bands in town. Where yes. it's, and I'd, I'd like to get into what that really is, because I don't think yeah, we, get, we don't really get that out here.
1: So, yeah. Bands in Town Plus, it's uh, their streaming service because, you know, hey, a lot of shows, they didn't happen last year. No shows happened last year. Now you're starting to see tour dates come up for the summer and stuff. But they started a streaming service that is literally for bands to have their to be have their shows be broadcast because they were able to do them and they were they were fully produced shows too. It wasn't just somebody playing in their garage on Instagram live, like these are fully produced shows that people were paying to see. And I think it's cool. It's a really cool thing because if you love music, but like, let's say you got two kids like me, I'm not gonna, I can't go to every show like I used to, but I yeah. still love going to shows. But like, I will, you know, plan my night around it if I can watch it on, you know, if I can stream it on Apple TV, if I can do it. And so I think that's like that Bands in Town Plus model is going to be, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be doing that soon. You're going to see a lot of that because a lot of people lost a lot of money this year when it comes to the, when it comes to music. So like, I think you're going to see a lot of different ways that acts are going to be making money where all of a sudden you're just going to be watching, you know, whoever your favorite band is Live from the Staples Center in your house. <laughs> well, you just
0: took the word. I was going to ask yeah. you, did you think that was where we're heading? But obviously, I mean, that's oh, yeah. clearly it's an easy, 1, it's an easy way to maximize profits. I mean, not yeah. only can you get people in the seats, but they can be at home; they don't have to
1: be. Yep, thousand percent. Because the way that you can shoot things now, and the way that these tours are set, they're basically shooting movies, anyways. Like that's what it looks like. It's not just like you're one off, like they're gonna do this show on HBO and you're gonna get to see it. Like I remember, like, you know, boy bands, they would have their special on HBO and stuff, and like, yeah. Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, people like that. But I just think there's room for everybody to do that now. And just the way that everything is working, I think you're gonna see a lot, a lot more of that in the next in in the next year for sure. And then
0: so what is the two facts? What is what's the the thing behind that?
1: The Two facts is a series for um for TBS to co- plays between shows, it's a thing for uh, different companies, uh, not just like But like we did, we've we've done a couple for Specca, and that's been that was like that. That's just been awesome. It was my friend hit me up and was like, "Hey man, doing this commercial. Somebody dropped out. Do you want to be in?" I was like, "I don't act, man. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, give me a couple lines. I can memorize them. I'm not stupid. But uh, but yeah, it's a fun little series that plays on the weekends on TBS. And um, yeah, two facts." Pretty sweet. Yeah.
0: And then you also have, you host live events at the boys yeah, and girls clubs out there in LA and you have uh, BTF buzz.
1: Yeah. BTF buzz is a thing still in development. We're still working on that right now. So I can't say too much about it, but like it's uh, break. The floor is a huge dance company and they, um, and they have all these tours and that's the show that is going to put all those together. I okay. put all those together and it's this big promo for this huge dance company and the dance world is insane. So, I mean, it just adds to all the different things I'm doing. I'm, if you can't tell them. I just, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever. I like, I just, I I'm curious about all these things and it's like, I'll, I'll do so many different things, but yeah. So I
0: have the last question of the interview is for somebody that wants to get in and you touched on a lot of things that, that, that you need to do or that you to have a chance that you need to do. Yeah. Um, if you had to wrap that all up, how would you like for somebody that's looking to break into radio or break into TV?
1: Work, work, <laughs> work, get around it. I mean now, and I've told you this, like you, like you have your own podcast sponsor. Yo, that's dope. Like you couldn't do that before. You know what I mean? You think about it like six years ago, you couldn't do that.
0: And when we Ow. talked, when I graduated, that was the you gotta find just get a. I remember the I remember you telling me get a press, get a media pass, and go to go to the press conferences. Yeah, which became a little dicey because like Colony really messed it up for everybody. I'm I'm calling him out because I was told when I yeah we don't do that as much anymore. Jim Colony apparently gave out like thirty media passes to people, so. Um, but I remember you saying that, and that was one of the, it's funny that this show you and I sat and created as a, as a, wouldn't it be cool if you did that?
1: Yeah. And then here we are. Yeah, man. (laughs) Like, that's the thing. You just got to go and do it. And if it doesn't work, or if you don't like it, you stop doing it. You do something else. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's just like that. Like I have a podcast with my friends. It's called the brunch breakdown. We just, I, I, we, I basically do the podcast so we can just get stuff out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like that, that podcast is like, I feel like I'm just doing reps whenever I just like, I need something to talk about whatever it is. That's why we have really no theme of that podcast. We'll come on and talk about sports, we'll talk about music. We'll talk about politics, whatever, but it's just like, I just need to get that stuff out. But also that's stuff that, you know, people see That's yeah. stuff that's recorded. That's stuff that you can use. You know what I mean? It's not like something that you just can think about and just like throw away, Like yeah. you can actually use all of that stuff because we're all, we're all podcasters. We're all YouTubers. We're all, it's not like these TikTokers, If you want to be (laughs) exactly like everybody could be a TikToker. Thank you, man. Like we're all doing this and it's all creating content because that's stuff that people used to look at and be like, Oh yeah. Like YouTube, like that's for silly people. It's like, no, like what these kids, what dude working for radio Disney. One of the things that I learned was like how hard, these people work on these TikTok videos. You'll see like a 20 second TikTok video that goes viral. You know how much time went into that? Probably so three much, days. <laughs> so much time when it goes into that stuff, and it's wild. So much editing, and it's like you just can do anything from your home, from your house, at any age now. Like there are 10 year olds that know more about editing footage than I will ever know. You know what I mean? And know about ma- making movies that like they already can make movies and stuff. Like it's just it's wild but like all i can say to people is like you know short story long um is just work 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 work, work, and, be work, work, work and be a good person and be a good person and you never know who's
0: watching and who's and not even just that you'd be a good person regardless but the being a good person is half the battle to somebody saying yeah, yeah you know dan dan's really
1: good at what he does like i worked with him and yeah, Cause you can be like, you can be talented as hell. Like I know people who are mad talented, but I also know some people who are mad talented and just crappy to work with. Yes. So they're not doing well, you know, like you just, they there. You just gotta be a good person and like be good to other people. Cause there are people who work in Pittsburgh who were nice to me that I don't even know why they were <laughs> like Colin Dunlap and I have a great relationship. I don't know why Colin started talking to me. I have no idea. But, like, one day we were – as thing was covering a Pirates game, he just started talking to me. I'm like, sweet. Okay.
0: No, like, so what's Dunlap like? Because he gets a bad rap. He gets he-
1: – Hey, man, listen. The sports radio game is – everyone's a fan and all that stuff. But <laughs> as a person, Colin is, like, you know, A-plus for me. Yeah. Like, I love Colin. Like, Chris Muller, another one. It's like I just – you know, I – these – there are just people who were just good people. And, like, when you're working these games and you're sitting in the Steelers – you're sitting at a Steelers press conference, waiting for something for so long, when you are at a Pirates game that is just going forever, you get to meet people and you yeah. know who the people are that are assholes and the people who are not. And like, it's just, you get to have these relationships. It's easy to make these relationships when you're covering, especially the Pirates, especially the Pirates. You have a lot of chances to do that, But um, but yeah, just work, man. Work as hard as you can and just keep just going like never don't let anything stop you because if you really want to do it it's going to be ups it's going to be down it's going to be frustrations it's going to be tough but you just got to keep going and just know that multiple jobs will always be there there will always multiple jobs will always be in your future so one job will very rarely be in your future You're it doesn't
0: seem like one job will be in your view we get on this list after after i get wvu uh there's one two three and and we named four of them that you're doing now and didn't even name the brunch club that you that you then talked about um so i wanted to say thank you very much for being on the show i have another sponsor i have to send it to harry chambers and chambers general store because if they don't have it you don't need it um this has been dingo talk i am Carla guadagnino dan dudley class of 2008 from wvu class of the 2004 Lloyd Banks concert at Bethany College. Uh, But Harry, go ahead and take it away.
1: You just watched another exciting episode of Dingo Talk, recorded in the secret lair deep in the hills of Bethany, West Virginia. Let me give a shout out to my man Don over at Maple Shade Outdoor. He's got some great stuff going on over there on YouTube and Instagram. Please make sure you check him out. Also, now available as promised, we have the second edition Bethany, West Virginia, Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts, and our Chambers General Store. If we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts, available in all sizes. So, make sure you stop by the store for a t-shirt, breakfast sandwich, or sausage biscuits and gravy, and make sure to check out those daily lunch specials. Now, back to you, Dingo.